0: BLOB TALK RADIO On all allhabs.net with your host, Christy. Win, 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 no matter what. Got money
1: on my mind, I can never get it up. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay down.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the October 10th episode of the Habs 360 podcast, episode 149, and I'm your host, Chris G. at Chris G. 1980, and boy, does it feel good to start off the first regular season episodes of the podcast with our special wind song. As we know, every time the Canadians have a perfect week between podcasts, that's how we celebrate it, with a nice wind song that we've been playing over the last couple of seasons, and it always puts us in a good mood to get the show started. But we're always in a great mood. It is always a pleasure to have your listeners joining us here on the podcast. We really do appreciate the time that you take to listen to us on a week-in, week-out basis. This is episode 149. So as you can see, half 360 wasn't in there just for an episode. We've been consistent over the past couple of years, actually I should say more than a couple of years, as this is season number six of the uh, program. So we had lots of questions in regards to roster spots, uh, in regards to the way the Canadians will be playing. Well, we got some answers on a lot of those items, and now we have more questions. So, so we'll see, and we'll discuss about this coming up in the uh, next sixty minutes or so. Canadians played one game. It was on Wednesday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Three-one winners at uh, the ACC. So that gives the Canadians a record of one and zero. So that's pretty simple. They are undefeated uh, so far. So that's a good start. And while technically in your Atlantic division, they're tied for first place with the Red Wings and the Senators, who are also undefeated. We won't go into the details of the Canadians, where their playoff rankings, etc. I think it's still a little bit early, doing it one game in. Our question of the day that we'll be discussing throughout the podcast, and we're going to ask your list, your our listeners, for your opinion as well. Are the Canadians better than a year ago? So if you compare opening roster of the 2015-16 team that we saw Wednesday night against the Maple Leafs, how does that compare to a year ago when the Canadians faced the Toronto Maple Leafs once again on October 8th in Toronto? You can let us know via Twitter at Tab360 and you can give us a toll-free call. The phone lines will be open for the entire episode you can reach us toll-free at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. 455 4945 Last week, we told you about a contest with the Framework Sports. Well, pretty successful. We had a winner in the first game. Amy McCullough from Woodstock, Ontario predicted because on because uh, there will be more contests on the Habs 360. Including one with art uh, to canvas, and perhaps happy, you just need to listen to about
3: I'm in a great mood. Uh, as you said, it, it's uh, our first podcast of the regular season and uh, fans are, were, you know, in a in a great mood for the first game. And, and uh, it's great to have the season underway. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, as you say, we've got all kinds of some questions answered with respect to the roster, but all kinds of questions piling up. It's been a busy news week. seems that we've uh we're having a bit of technical issues um I, I think that um i'll just add to to what i said uh earlier it's uh, a tremendous news week um some good some some not so good we had all kinds of of final roster moves made uh the final cuts were made uh and um and some Some were kind of imposed on the team. Uh, The the Zach Gassian news kind of came out of nowhere. He was uh, suspended and uh, subsequently put into the substance abuse and behavioral health program, uh, stage two at least. And then uh, after that, it was Jacob de la Rose who was sent down to um, um, the St. John's. Ice caps and um and we had uh, a claim by uh Mark Bergervan and that was to add uh Paul Byron uh to the to the roster from the Calgary Flames.
2: And we'll talk about all those uh items in a couple of moments, Rick, but uh, let's start off with talking about the Wednesday night's game against uh the Maple Leafs. Cornel Carl in his hometown, P.K. Subban, Long pass, and he got it through. Pacioretty shoots. from the side. Not to at the goal. line.
3: No, it's in the net.
2: And the puck came back to P.K. Threw it out center to Sarah. And the net.
3: pass. Pacioretty
2: has two. And the Canadians have a 3-1 lead. And, well, Max Pacioretty with a pair of goals. On a Wednesday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Topa Kane's get a three one lead. It was his first uh, two goals of the season in his fourth career game in the NHL. And in fact, by by scoring, he became the fourth player in Montreal Canaan's history to score in his first game as the captain. And in fact, he became the first player in Montreal Canaan's history to score two goals in his first game as a captain. And Rick, a couple of weeks ago here on the half 360, I mentioned that I wasn't sure if Max Pacioretty would uh, reach the 40 goal plateau. But well, he's uh, he didn't make me look good in game number one. I'm happy though that he got a pair of goals. But what a start of the season he had!
3: It was a great start, and I think I I said that all the the things were in place for him to have uh, a, a better chance at that 40 goal season. Uh, having a bit more supporting scoring in the lineup um, and, and having um, just, just uh, hopefully a you know, a, a, a season free of, of injury. And um, he certainly got off to a great start, a bit of a fortunate start. As Pacioretty said, it wasn't um, his best game and it certainly wasn't the team's best game. They didn't play very strongly for the 60 minutes. Uh, Patch ready got one goal on the empty net to make it three one and um, open the scoring with, um, with the goal that dribbled up over um, Jonathan Bernier, a bit of a soft goal there. It was, it, it, it wasn't the game that we were expecting from the Canadians um, with all of the uh, talk about the added firepower in the off season It looked like the the same old Montreal Canadiens that we saw last season. Um, It was a game that was close for too long. Actually, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs dominated a bit in possession, particularly in the second period. Um, And it was the goaltending of Carey Price that that carried the day, carried the game for them. Um, A little discouraging perhaps when you see that uh, the Red Wings walked all over uh, the, the Leafs last night uh, to a four nothing victory and and Jonathan Bernier was pulled after three goals, um, so there's there's a lot left to and I, I think uh, Michelle Terrian acknowledged that 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 uh, he said Carey Price was Carey Price um, and that there was a, an awful lot left to uh, to work on to to get to the level where where we're expecting the Canadians uh, to be at this season.
0: Yeah, you know, well, you know what we did uh we did a good job at the end of the game to uh you know, to kind of do what we do. We kind of uh they got a couple of opportunities, but they didn't get any second ones. Um, you know, we uh obviously would have
1: liked to maintain a little bit more offensive zone pressure, but um at the end of the day, it, it worked for us
0: and uh we'll t- definitely take the win. You
1: know, we we don't want to allow 40 shots every night and I think we started the game you know, with some zip, and then they sort of push back, and we just never really got our system going consistently throughout the game, so, I mean, we'll take the win, but we're going to have to play a whole lot
2: better than that. And last year, in the first game of the regular season between the Canadians and the Leafs, the first goal that uh, the Canadians scored was once again by Max Pacioretty, and if I'm not mistaken, it was the first shot of the game once again on Bernier, and once again, it was, a, it was a bad goal last season as well, so it's déjà vu all over again. Uh, we heard there from Carey Price, who made 36 saves and was the first star of the game, and, well, he looked to be in the mid-season form. And uh, we also heard from P.K. Subban, who got three assists in that game. So if we summarize that game, Canadians were outshot. Max Pacioretty scored a couple of goals, two out of three goals. They were outplayed for a good portion of the game. Rick, this recipe sounds familiar.
3: Yeah, it sounds very familiar. And I guess what what's a bit discouraging is when you look at the acquisitions that uh, Bergevin made since, let's go back to the, the trade deadline. He brought in Devontae Smith-Pelly, Jeff Petrie, Torrey Mitchell, Brian Flynn, Zach Cassian, Alex Salmon, uh, Thomas Fleischman, The only one that played a significant part in the game uh, was Jeff Petrie. Uh, Petrie had a pretty strong game. Um, But, you know, all of these players were brought in to provide scoring, to add physicality, to add depth to the roster. And, um, you know, Brian Flynn and Torrey Mitchell, um, Torrey Mitchell had a pretty good camp. Brian didn't. But uh, those two players didn't look very good. Fleischman was... um, uh, more or less invisible. Alex Semen, um, he looked more like the player who was, um, you know, sent to the press box uh, last season. Um, it was it for for Mark Bergeron personally uh, and all he's tried to do to the team uh, for the team. I thought this must have been pretty disappointing for him because as I said exactly, it was the same formula for success. It was Carey Price. He was being rather modest, saying there wasn't any second chances uh, because there was cases there was third and fourth chances. Um, It was it was Carey Price uh, all over again. And and this season, I don't think that's going to be enough to to uh, carry the Canadians as it was last season.
2: And well, that was uh, Alex Galchenyuk who scored the third goal of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Well, in sequence, it was the second goal, but he was the third goal scorer. And well, I think he looked good to start off the game. So that's another decision that was made by the Canadiens during uh, the off season. I think he looked comfortable playing in the center position. And well, he, the last game that he played in the preseason, he wasn't too good in the faceoffs. He had gone two for nine. Not if I remember correctly, he went 70% in a game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So that was definitely a good start uh, for him. Another thing, Rick, that, uh, that at least got my attention was uh, David Arnaud. And when it comes to, uh, to his time, he said he was used. So in even strength, he was the forward with that was used the most so compared to Alex Galchenyuk, who I think had a good game at center. Darnay played a good two and a half minutes more than he did. And while Darnay, we are talking about the face-off circles, he was horrible. He was twenty nine percent. So Rick, what's up with that? Why do you think Dagnet got all this face time from the coach? I I
3: I really think that that Therian has a blind spot with respect to to Arne He likes him. He trusts him he wants him out there it doesn't matter um what what lo- the lines are called first second third Darnay is going to be out on the ice and it's you know again that's that's as a canadians fan that's hard to watch Darnay have had a bad game um as you said he was 29% in the in in at the faceoff dot that that plays into possession and uh you know the 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 leafs were uh, you know, we're, we're stronger in uh, their possession game than the Canadians. And when you start a shift without the puck, because you're, you're losing the face off uh, then you have to work hard to get it back. Um And it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, I, you know, I can't explain why the coach um, doesn't allocate. He, he's, he said in the past that, that players will get ice time based on merit it didn't play out in this game um i i thought you know uh lars eller gets a fair bit of um uh criticism and undeserved in my opinion uh, a lot of the time he had a great game um on galchenyuk's goal um eller didn't get a face off, uh, i didn't get a point but um he got the, the the puck at the canadians blue line he carried it the entire length of the ice he drew 3 maple leaves towards him um took a shot that um that went wide it went into the corner uh eller went and grabbed that puck ahead of of a couple of leaves got it back to markov at the point markov to to subban subban back to markov who drew into the center at the same time, Eller went to the front of the net, drew more leaves. You had Bernier crouching down um, in the crease. He made kind of an awkward save, uh, kicked out a bad rebound, went right to Galchenyuk, who was perfectly placed at the circle to fire it in. Eller had a uh, that was that was um, that was the winning goal, uh, and Eller played a key part in it. Um yet as you said, uh it was Dearna that was um that was getting the ice time over um, you know, the other um some of the other well, Gelchenik and, and Pochanitz. Um it's bizarre. And um, you know, w has had his his struggles on the road, certainly the last couple of seasons, and yet um the coach keeps back and wants to pass tonight.
1: Well, we'll try to get better every day, you know. Um,
3: we'll find a way to win.
1: That's the most important thing. But we all know as a group that uh, execution's got to be better. Uh, pushing the pace got to be better. There's a lot of things, you know. And I'm sure the same thing with both teams. So um, every day, you know, it's a challenge. And every game, it's always a big challenge.
2: Well, that was the coach, Michel Thierry, yesterday before the team headed to Boston to face the Bruins uh, tonight. And one thing that I was disappointed from the Montreal Canadiens from Wednesday night was that they lacked, how can you call that? I guess the Toronto Maple Leafs, we know they're a bad team. Like, they, they don't have any talented players. Okay, they might with one or two exceptions. And regardless of the coach, whether it be Mike Babcock or whether it would be I was coaching the, the the Maple Leafs, I think the results would be relatively the same. There's so much you can do with uh, with lack of talent. And well the Canadians where they lack I think is like you said Rick earlier, what the Detroit Red Wings were able to do. The Red Wings last night they faced a bad team and they went there and they made the Leafs pay the price. Four goals, four nothing. There was the Leafs were never in that game. We're in a game against the Montreal Canadians the Toronto Maple Leafs. were we're always in it. They, they they weren't far off from it, and well, the Bruins, which is the Canadiens next opponent tonight, they're, at least on paper, they don't seem to be a playoff team, so one thing that I'll be looking for the Canadiens tonight when they face the Bruins is, you know what, it's a bad team, let's go, let's get this done, and have the Canadiens uh, finish them off, have the killer instinct, and, and, uh, and win easily against them. Is there anything, Rick? uh at least short term for tonight, anything that you'd like to see different from uh from the Canadians?
3: Well I, I think that um we, we want to see um the, the players who, who are are performing earn the ice time. That's what we just mentioned. And and I think I want to see um a lot more out of the players that uh the management has put trust in to start the season. Alex Salmon's got to got to show up, um, and uh, you know it's 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 a rivalry game. The Bruins are are not very good on paper, but um, but the rivalries are always there, so they'll come out strong, particularly in their own building. It'll be a bit physical, um, you know. So Salmon Fleischman have to contribute, um, and 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 we want to see the the Canadians. Um, you know, get away from from this uh, dump and chase uh, game and, and hold on to the puck a bit more and, and uh, use your skill, carry it in. Um, Brendan Gallagher talked about that um, after practice. Um, we, we don't want to see game after game after game it uh, coming down to carry price uh, to earn the victories. Um, we want to see lots of contributions uh, th- throughout the lineup for a more balanced balanced team.
2: All right, so we're going to take our first break here on the Habs 360. Still to come, we want to have your opinion whether or not the Canadians are a better team than they were a year ago. So let's compare opening night rosters of both seasons and you tell us who's better. But immediately coming up on the other side of the break, we'll talk about those a couple of roster moves that happened due to some on-ice and off-ice issues. So we'll tackle that and more. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net.
0: For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
2: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on net, or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
0: Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged. Entertained and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com.
2: Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and HabsHappy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art 2 canvascom Good luck.
0: Want the latest Habs news? With game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Team Prospects, Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around, allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
1: I'm a firm believer in characters, and that's that's a really a lack of character and judgment on his part. It happened early in the morning. I don't know all the details as we speak. They're still coming in. So, you know, before you start putting things up front, you have to have, make sure you have all the information. I do not have all the information, but it's disappointing to say the least.
2: So welcome back to Habs 360. I'm Chris G along with uh, Rick Stevens. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five, or we can reach us via Twitter at Habs 360. So we heard there from uh, Mark Bradshervey on the uh, Monday morning, and this was following an incident that happened early Sunday morning at six thirty a.m. where Zach Cassian got into an accident. He was not a driver and he was in his, what we believe to be his truck, but the truck was driven by a 20-year-old woman. There was also another woman in the truck with him. As a result of the uh, the incident, he, he has a left left foot and a nose fracture. At the time of the press conference, it wasn't announced, but we did find out later in the day that Cassian was uh, now in Phase 2 Two or stage two, I should say, of the NHL substance abuse uh, program, and he's suspended without pay until he is cleared uh, from the doctors to uh, to join. So, at this time, like I think we all agree that what Zach Cassin did was dumb. It uh, like uh, Mark Bradbury said, no character, no leadership when you're in a role. Of being a professional athlete, especially in a city like Montreal, it's uh, it's not a good decision that he made. So he needs to take responsibility. I'm not sure if he, if it was sort of he was forced into stage two or he made a decision to be in stage two. The fact is that he's there. He's taking responsibility. He needs some help, and he's uh, and he's getting it, and. Rick, from uh, Mark Bergevin's reactions, not only from the clips that we played, but if you listen to the whole press conference, I'm starting to think that Zach Kassian, well, we won't see him again in the Canadiens uniform.
3: You may be right. Um, I think that, that many of us, as we listened to that news conference, were taken aback that Mark Bergevin was, um, you know, there was a lot of commentary on Twitter about, Bergevin throwing a player under the bus and uh, he reacted pretty strongly and, and we were surprised at that. But I think when you, when you consider the history, when you consider um, the kinds of discussions that Berjavan has already had with Cassian, um, you know, that, that, that we were not privy to. And certainly um, we didn't know that, that Cassian had already been in stage one um of the Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program. Um, In fact, as Pierre Lebrun um, reported, he had been in Stage 1 several times. Uh, Now, with Stage 1, there's no salary implications. Um, But he had that history coming to the Canadians. Mark Bergevin knew that. Um, The hockey community at large didn't necessarily know about his, about being entered in the program, but it was widely known that, that he had a a pretty serious problem, uh, a substance abuse problem, a partying problem, um, a work ethic problem. Um, And Bergeron was very, you know, he used the words very clear in his discussions with Cassian um, that, that he needed um, to focus on hockey. Um, Cassian didn't um you know lots of fans were making uh, mention that that he wasn't at the wheel and but i don't think that matters um uh, at all being being out uh, the, you know he had to be um um affected by by a substance and um that um he made an irresponsible decision and uh, especially when he was given um you know a chance the way he was um Bergevin was, was very very disappointed, and I think you're right. Um, I I don't expect to see him again as a uh, as a Montreal Canadian.
2: Uh, and one thing's for sure is that night the Montreal Canadiens were playing the Ottawa Senators in the final preseason game in Ottawa. So they made the trip back that night. So they must have gotten in town what midnight, one a.m., etc. So odds are that he pulled an all nighter. To get into that situation, Sunday was an off day, and I doubt that he did go to sleep and wake up early to and met up with uh, with these uh, two uh, two women. But anyways, we're we're not here to um to uh, to judge him. We're not gonna knock him when he's down, like they say. Uh, so we'll move on. And when it comes to Cassian, I guess it was bring it back to uh, to hockey we had questions of last week, of what will happen with somebody like Jacob de la Rose. So when Zach Cassian was announced that uh, he's suspended without pay, so that's great. So that opens up a roster spot for Jacob de la Rose. But then on the Tuesday, the day that the, the rosters had to be submitted to the league, well, we found out the Canadians acquired Paul Byron from the Calgary flames. And well, Rick, uh, I'm just guessing your reaction. You you must have been excited, right? When you heard that.
3: The thrill, just thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Um, it's, it's, it's odd because um, as you say, you know, we, we don't want to, we, we don't want to trample on Cassian. And in fact, when you look at, uh, we had an, uh, the all has Habs poll this week was whether he should be reinstated when he uh, completes the program. And um, you know, is has has he does he deserve another chance um has he lost the trust of of his teammates it's 50-50 as far as fans go they still have some some um, hope that he'll come back um, but will there be a roster spot if he does even come back and you know paul byron is the the guy who's filled that spot now we were expecting that uh uh, Jacob De La Rose would would slide in there given his 30 plus games last season in the line in the regular season lineup and, and in all the playoff games. It's a it's for me, uh, you know, we'll see when Byron gets into the lineup. But for me, it's a bizarre decision. Um, Byron is five foot seven, 150 pounds, although that's being <laughs> disputed now. Um and Jakob De La Rose is six foot three, 215. For a, a, a team who who is undersized to begin with, it seems a little odd. And so we look at how De La Rose has been criticized in the past, and that's for his offense, a lack of offense. It's acknowledged that he's, you know, he, he played on the penalty kill last season, uh, very responsible in his own end, uh, very good two-way player. But his offense is criticized, and we look at, okay, well, what's Paul Byron bringing in? Um, and he doesn't have much offense to his game. In fact, uh, the writers who watched him all last season, one of the quotes was, watching him in the offensive zone is not pretty, uh, and that he, he manages with his speed and, and his, his uh, work ethic to, to get a number of breakaways but uh, the, the running joke among the Calgary riders was that, um, you know, he, he wasn't able to finish any of them. Um, so, Aaron's...
2: Uh, yeah? could, his, could his move be more of uh, sending De La Rose down to uh, to the ice caps than, than Paul Byron himself? Because if De La Rose would have stayed with the Canadians, he either would have been the fourth-line left winger or the uh, the 13th forward. Brian Flynn held that spot in uh, against the Maple Leafs. He played, it was 9.45 if I remember uh, correctly. And if you look at De La Rose last season with the Canadians, he averaged about a bit under 14 minutes. So maybe this move was about sending De La Rose down, making sure he plays, then having him around and playing him in the fourth line or as a 13th forward.
3: Well, that's so, so that's, that was the argument, but then um, you look at the De La Rose as a center. Uh, He played left wing on the third line, as you said, and, and, and pretty effectively last season. Um, But you look at what that does to the, to the St. John's lineup. Um, You know, they, they have their first game tonight against Hartford. Uh, The projected lines have, um, Charles Houdon centering the first line um, with uh, San get on the, on the right side, Jacob De La Rose on the left side um, in and, and then that, that, that pushes Mike McCarron to and Daniel Carr to the second line. You have a line of, of Thomas McCarron and Carr. And who's the, 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 most offensive threat, uh, the, the big uh, uh, as far as prospects, that's Nikita sherback and he's been pushed to the third line um, with Bud Holloway and and Gabriel Dumont. Um, so there's 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 a lot of talent there that needs to be developed, and a, not a, not a lot of roster spots. Um, is Jacob Dillaro going to get more playing time down there? Absolutely. Will he get power play time? We don't know because. When he was there last time, last year, um, he wasn't getting those power play shifts. Um, so if this is to get him, you know, his offensive game jump-started and it, it lasts for, you know, 10, 15 games and then he's brought back, then I think we're all okay with it. Um, but on paper, um, Paul Byron is not um, a better player than Jacob De La Rose.
2: Yeah, and I don't think, again, any arguments. Uh, over over that, and whether Delarose gets, I guess, some power play time, at least short term in Montreal, I don't think there there is any intention of him playing on a penalty kill. So even if he gets some even strength minutes, I think long term, uh, it is good for his development. And let me just throw this out there because I I want to be transparent and honest. Before Tuesday at noon. I had never heard of Paul Byron. I had no idea who he who he was. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that uh, no idea who uh, Paul Byron uh, is.
1: No, you never want to give up five. And um, you know, we played good tonight. We pushed the pace. Um, I didn't play very good. It's unfortunate. Didn't get the bounces. Some weird stuff out there, but gotta be accountable. I wasn't very good tonight.
2: So those as are probably going to be the final words that we're going to hear of Dustin Tokarski, maybe ever, as a Montreal Canadiens. I was following last Saturday's preseason game against the Ottawa Senators where he allowed five goals on, what, like 15 shots. And he looked really, really bad in uh, that game. And then, well, we knew the answer Monday at noon when Dustin Tokarski was placed through waivers with the intention of sending him down to the ice caps. And well he eventually did not, Get uh, claimed and is now with uh, with with the Saint John's. And well, Mike Condon has won the backup spot, and he'll be playing tomorrow night against the uh, Ottawa Senators
3: uh, in
2: Ottawa at the Canadian Tire Centre. And Rick, you gotta give credit to uh, to Mark Parshavan since he's been here. He said he's he's been saying that the youngsters, if they play well we're going to find a roster spot for them. And well, it was pretty clear that uh, Condon outplayed Tokarski and Bresgevin kept his words and found him a roster spot.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There there was no question, particularly uh, with that last preseason game, that uh, Tokarski was struggling. Uh, Condon played much better. I think the only argument was the, the limited number of starts that, a backup to Carry Price gets uh, probably 15 uh, during the season. Uh, is that good for for uh, Condon's development? Uh, that's le- you know we'll, we'll see how he reacts to to, to starting so few games. Um, but I don't think there was any um, there was any other way f- for it to turn out. Um, Karski. Um, had to be sent down. Uh, there, there was no threat that he would have been uh, picked up by, by by anyone else. The hope is that he can he can get his game back. He can be a bit of a mentor down in St. John's. He gets the start tonight um, for St. John's in their uh, season opener in Hartford. Uh, but right now the, the ice caps are carrying three goalies. Um, with Tokarski is, is Zach Bukali and Eddie Pasquale, uh, one of those uh, goalies is going to be going to uh, the Brampton Beast. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, a winner in this is, is, um, is Zach Fucalli, Um Because if Mike Condon had, had gone back to the ice caps, um, he would have been the, the, the number one, now there's a a, a chance that uh, um, the starts can be split, and Tukarski can be a bit of a mentor to uh, Fukali and he can get a few more starts. so I think overall for the organization it's it's uh, it's a positive move. It's a bit sad to see uh, and uh, but he just completely lost his confidence and and uh, lost that backup position to uh, Mike Condon.
2: And uh, one more roster move before we go on to our, uh, to our last break. Thomas Fleischman uh, signed with the Canadians a one-year $750,000 uh, contract, so no big uh, surprise on that. And Rick, uh, there's a new feature on uh, allhabs.net where readers can go ahead and make their predictions. Why don't you tell us more about that?
3: Sure. Um you know we always try to be very interactive uh, as 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 you do with the podcast uh, the most interactive podcast in the world, right? Um we try to interact with with our readers either through our hockey parties, um you know, our social media interaction. Uh we have a very active fantasy sports league, but we've added a new feature and that is um in All Habs Pick 'em um uh, game. Uh, you just have to go to the website allhabs.net, look for the Pick'em um, I- item on the nav bar, on the navigation bar. Click in there. It's free. It's fun. You can play against uh, your friends. You can play against um, all, the All Habs writers. All you have to do is put your picks in for each team, uh, make your predictions. Who's going to to win the game? And check the, in the leaderboard to to see where you rank. Um, it's it's a great feature, and and uh, we're certainly having fun with it since the season opened.
2: All right. So still to come here on the Habs three hundred and sixty, Canadians made a decision on defense as well, because that was one of the questions that we had. And we'll be tackling our question of the day, which is Are the Canadians better this year than you were last year at the opening? Face-offs, you can reach us via Twitter at Habs360 and go give us a call at 18774554945. 455 4945 This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net
0: don't live close to Montreal ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner and HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them if you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details you'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content giving you name and logo recognition visit RocketSportsMedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity Hams 360 is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites in addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans The team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power Project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
1: At some point, I hope so, yes. That's one of the reasons why we kept him here. So, uh, again, depth on defense, it's its something that it's important. Uh, he's still a young... I, mean, I always say defenseman, take a little longer. He's a big body. Uh, I thought early in camp he was good. He had a tough game in Ottawa. Uh, but uh, overall, I think his camp was good.
2: So welcome back. I'm Chris G. along with uh, Rick Stevens. And that was Mark Bregevin on Monday... Talking about Jared Norty, while he wasn't submitted through waivers, he's been kept with the Montreal Canadiens. And it was Mark Barberio who got sent down to the ice caps. So Canadians right now have eight defensemen on uh, the roster. And while the Canadians announced this morning that there will be no change in uh, the Canadians' defensive core. So that means that uh, Jared Nordy and Craig Patterin will not be in the lineup. And now, Rick, I'm starting to think. Well, I'm feeling that there's too many defensemen around the Montreal Canadiens. I think uh, I've been clear in the earlier episodes this season that I think Tom Gilbert, uh, at, at a minimum, should be out of the lineup, and you put in uh, Jared. Uh, sorry, um, a Craig Patterin, but now. What are we expecting with these guys? when do you think these guys will will ever play
3: it's it puts them in a very tough position um i I think there's there was no surprise that um that uh Jared Tenorti, uh is is staying with the the club as we heard from louis Jean last week um multiple teams would have have claimed him on on if he had gone through waivers um mark Babario is you know he's he's Tom Gilbert without the reach um there was he he became a bit of a darling of of the media who were lobbying for him to stay but he's really he just he's a pretty average defenseman and as you say Tom Gilbert if if anyone is to be lost uh off the roster um or has the potential to be traded um Gilbert Gilbert was supposed to be um what what Jeff Petrie uh, has become and he never amounted to, to it. So uh, if there's anyone um, that's to go, I think it's Tom Gilbert. Um, And I I wouldn't mind seeing if, if that happens, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, uh, Greg Patteron and and Jared Tenorti uh, rotate in and out. Uh, It's going to be tough for them to, you know, maintain any confidence or maintain any kind of, of, of game flow or, or, chemistry with their defensive partner, but, um, you know, it's a good test for them. They, they, they need to prove themselves. And um, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think you're right though, that there is uh, one defenseman who, who um, is going to be traded, uh, should be traded. I think that, that uh, as Bergevin has said before, can never have too many defensemen or, um, you know, it, it would seem fourth line Players, um, I think. I think, you, as you said, you can have too many defensemen, and and uh, either by injury or by trade, um, something's got to change um, over the first twenty games of the season.
2: Yeah, and like I'm okay with the philosophy of uh, having a defenseman around, but the two that are not playing can't be uh, rookies, like defensemen who who we know they're going to be good. They're still in early part of their careers. If it's somebody like. Tom Gilbert, or somebody like Mike Weaver that the Canadiens had last season, or even Francis Bouillon from a couple of seasons back. I think those type of players, I think it's fine to keep them around as a number eight, or Sergei Gonchar, et cetera, but not uh, these 20-year-olds who are eager to uh, to play and make, um, make their way into uh, the NHL. All right, so let's tackle our question of the day. So, because we're, we're gonna, this is gonna lead into making our predictions for the Canadians. We saw them one game in, so now we're we're pretty comfortable to making a a better analysis of what we think the Canadians will do in the upcoming season. And well, part of this analysis, what I did is I looked at last year's lineup against the Toronto Maple Leafs when the Canadians started the season. And well, I'll read you the forward lines. The, of that game. First line was Pachoretti with De Arne and Pierre Parentot. Second line, Galchenyuk with Plekanitz and Gallagher. Third line was Rene Bork, remember him? Lars Zeller and Yuri Sekac. And then on the fourth line was Prest, Manny Mahotra and De Luis. And then Travis Moen and Bourneval were the actual forwards. On defense, Emblin was paired up with Suban, Markov was matched up with Gilbert, and uh, Boyer was matched up with Weaver. Jared Nordy was the uh, extra defenseman for that game. And Rick, if I compare that lineup to Wednesday night's lineup against the Maple Leafs, to me there's no doubt about it that uh, this year's team is is a lot better, especially on uh, on the forwards, the four attacking lines. I think this year the Canes have taken a step up compared. To-
3: I I I can't dispute that. I I agree completely. I guess you know when you ask the question, are they better this year uh, than last year? It, it it depends where where at what stage you compare. If you're comparing uh, the team uh, that opened with um, the uh, you know the end of the season, um, maybe there's not such a, a big difference, but when you look at the opening compare opening lineups with opening lineups there's no question that um almost throughout the lineup uh, except at goal but um but in the forwards and defense the canadians are much stronger um this year than last year um the 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 difficulty is that that there's some um, you know, there's some home run swings there for, for uh, Mark Bergevin um, with respect to Cassian was one. Um, he was. You are going to be salmon to regain um, his form and Fleischman to, to contribute. Um, and it's yet to be seen um, if game one occasion, um, there's not a, you know, they didn't contribute yet. Um, but maybe that's uh, yet to to come, and let's hope so.
2: And let's get uh, some reaction from Twitter. Uh, Costa from Mount Olympus, okay. you're right. a full year of Petrie and Boyer is a bonus, four bounce attack lines, and two solid goalies. Better? Yes. So thanks for the tweet, and that's one thing for sure, that's an upgrade, if you just compare the six defensemen in the starting lineup, it's like you swapped out Mike Weaver and you replaced him with Jeff Petrus. That's definitely a plus for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Scooter from Vermont, he writes, they look more energetic. Power play looks okay for now. Better, but we'll see it down the road. Thanks for the In uh, Toronto, they only had uh, one opportunity they didn't score. So we'll see how that uh, develops. But one thing for sure, the Canadians won't have success this year. The power play has to be better than it was uh, last season. Eli, he writes, with Terrier's system, they are the same as last year. So there's another Michel Terry lover. Thank you very much for the tweet, Eli. And J.D. Lagrange, a writer from allhabs.net, writes, Petrie makes the defense better. Galchenyka center, a year older, also improvement. Offense will hinge on Semin and improved power play. So thank you very much. And, well, I think I've mentioned it on the air before. If not, I think if uh, Alex Semin scores at least 30 to 35 goals this year, and there's a healthy carry price, max bet and peak Get the Stanley Cup Final, so that's my prediction of the day. All right. So if we move on now to make our regular season predictions, uh, this is the time of the year, especially in the summer, where a lot of these, a lot of experts make their um, they give us their outlook on what they think will happen. The Hockey News ran a simulation on NHL 16 earlier in the summer. And while the results weren't that good for the Montreal Canadiens, they actually placed uh, before last in the Atlantic Division. So they wouldn't be a playoff team. The only team that would be below them would be the Buffalo Sabres. And according to this, even the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs would have more points than the Canadiens. Find that a credible simulation. The Hockey News itself, with uh, with their panel of experts, they think the Canadiens will finish third in Atlantic Division, behind the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Detroit Red Wings. And while they think that Carey Price will win a, will be second, sorry, in the Vezina race. And EA Sports, they ran their official NHL 2016 simulation. And the result of that one is that the Canadians lose in the Stanley Cup final against the Anaheim Ducks. And in that simulation, Terry Price wins the Vezina Trophy. So, Rick, as you can see, it's three different uh, simulations and three different outcomes when it comes to the season. Is there one particular of these simulations that matches your
3: pretty close with? Well I think looking you know the question uh, and and it relates to are they better than they were last year we have to realize that they were second in the NHL last year second in of 30 teams um I don't I don't see them getting there um I don't see them um you know w- winning the Atlantic uh division um I think that you know the Tampa Bay Lightning are probably of the division are are probably the best team. Detroit Red Wings are going to be really strong. Um, uh, I've liked the way they've looked in in training camp. Um, I see the Canadians as as probably being third in the division. Ottawa is going to be good. They're going to be probably behind uh, the Canadians. Um, but on the other side, the Capitals are really strong. Uh they've made some with Justin Williams and, and other uh additions they've made, Oshi, um, and really strong goaltending. So I I I guess I, I see the Canadians as being again, um, you know, uh they'll be a playoff team, uh they'll go a couple of rounds in the playoffs, uh, but not have enough unless there's some some moves made at the trade de- deadline. Uh, not have enough to um, to get to the final and and um, and win the Stanley Cup this year.
2: Uh, on my end, I I agree that I don't think the Canadians will be able to finish second in the NHL again. Uh, the difference that I have with uh, with you, Rick, when it comes to the Atlantic Division, I think they'll finish behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think they'll finish second, and Detroit will finish uh, third in the uh, in uh, in that race. But I think it'll be tight. Uh, amongst all these three teams for the entire season. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a uh, a tight race. I don't know a couple of simulations spoke about Kerry Price and the Vizina. He, I think, he, like I've mentioned, he has the talent to do it. we do it for a second year in a row. I think it's it's realistic. Can I guarantee it? Obviously, I um, I can't do that. But this now brings us to a good transition to our true or false segment where we ask, we make three statements, well, I make three statements, and then we say if we if we think it's true or false. And I'll go first on this first question. So the first statement is, Habs will finish top five overall in the, in the league. So we know they finished second last year. So we brought it down to a top five. And I think that statement is is false, and we already spoke about, I think, the reasons why I believe that that will happen. What about you, Rick?
3: Yeah, I agree completely. That's false, and and as you said, for the reasons we've just discussed.
2: Okay, the second question, I'll let you go first, Rick. Uh, We know the Canadians struggled offensively, at least. Everybody except the Canadians seemed to acknowledge the Canadians had trouble scoring goals last year. They ended up scoring... 221 goals the entire season. So true or false, the Canadians will score more than 221 goals. Uh,
3: I think that's true. And the only reason um, that, that I, I don't know how much more, but the only reason I think they'll score more is because of an improved power play. What we've seen with uh, Craig Ramsey's influence is that there's a lot more rotation on the power play, um, which frees up, uh, you know, a number of different attacks and uh, so for the for the reason of the power play i say they score more goals do
2: that they will score more than 221 goals but i got to tell you that from what we saw from the game against the uh, toronto maple leafs i'm i'm not sure that they will but i'll I'll stick with my gut feeling and say that they will and the third question Is in regards to Alex Galchenyuk, he scored his first goal of the season on Wednesday night against the Maple Leafs. So, true or false, Alex Galchenyuk will score at least 25 goals this season, and this would be his career high if he does reach this uh, plateau. And I'm going to go out there and say that true, he will score at least uh, 25 goals this year. I'm just thinking that, Uh, during the exhibition And I also like how he looked In the uh, game number one Against the uh, Maple Leafs
3: I hate to do this I hate to agree with you On every single question But I'm going to say That's true as well um, Yeah If if he stays at center uh, If he stays in the You know the, the top two lines If he continues to get um, First wave power play time He's he's going to score More than 25
2: And well There's been a couple Of uh, true or false That have actually we already know the results, and so far, Rick, are batting 100%, 2-for-2, two two, and my end, I'm 1-for-2, so I'm 50%, so I'll need to, uh, to work and pick that uh, average <laughs> up in uh, the upcoming weeks. The Canadians playing uh, four games. It's a busy week until our next episode. It starts off tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern when the Canadians are in Boston to face the uh, Boston Bruins a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet and on TVA Sports. Tomorrow night, Sunday, 7 Eastern, Canadians are in Ottawa to face the Senators, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast in English on Sportsnet 1 and to viewers in Belleville East on RDS. Tuesday night, Canadians facing the Penguins in Pittsburgh in the last game of the four-game road trip to start off the season, a game that could be seen on City TV And on RDS, for viewers, in Belleville East. And then Thursday night, the Canadians' home opener against the New York Rangers, who are in town. That's a 7.30 p.m. start, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet 360, and it could be seen on RDS for viewers in Belleville East. Rick, thank you very much.
3: Well, it's great to be here again. look forward to interacting with the uh, listeners on uh, on Twitter at AllHabs, at AllHabs, or uh, through the website AllHabs.net. Uh, have a great week. So
2: next week we'll be looking back at these four games, and we'll be previewing the game, another original six matchup against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. I'm Chris G. at ChrisG1980. We'll talk to you again next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern for another edition of
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.